Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 187th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fair Service, and we are here talking about another pennant. We're here talking about your World Series-bound Boston Red Sox. Uh, congratulations to the Red Sox who, uh, earlier this evening, uh, clinched, they uh, secured the American League pennant. They are the champions of the American League. The plucky underdogs with their 108 wins somehow managed to overcome uh, Houston in a five-game series that I would say was not especially competitive at times. Uh, the Red Sox looked just real, real good. So we're not going to talk too much about that unless, of course, we do. No, we're going to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, about, you know, there's not too much news about the Blue Jays, but that doesn't mean there's nothing to talk about. That's We've been doing this for a long time. We are uh, quasi-experts at uh, making stuff up. And when I say me, I mean me. My name is Drew Fairservice, and, uh, and of course, uh, I'm joined as always. Uh, old Reliable. Uh, Mr. Andrew Stoughton, yeah. Stoughton, how are you? Uh, uh, Gritty is a socialist, obviously. I think we all know that. I don't even think, I think that's your, your downplaying. It. Like, <laughs> Gritty's in the street. That's, yeah, Antifa. Uh, there's a term, <laughs> there's a term, and I think I, I there's a, fingers crossed, uh, do you remember when when people used to use the word eco terrorist? Sure, yeah. I feel like like obviously the word the term terrorist has become like incredibly co opted and and it has like a very strong racial or racist connotation here in twenty eighteen. But eco terrorism used to be a thing that people did sort of half ass. They used to blow stuff up because it was like anti. Um, I look forward to the return of eco terrorism, frankly. Uh, and if ever there was an eco terrorist, it was gritty. <laughs> Gritty is going to do some shit. Uh, there's going to, there, it's going to be the new Guy Fox mask. I think is going to be people running around dressed up like Gritty, just ruining stuff for, um, you know, big oil, big plastic, big, big uh, like palm oil. That's the next one. Big palm oil, the palm oil distributors for all of our uh, heavily manufactured food. <laughs> I look so forward. Gritty's going to be. I look forward to this glorious future. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds. That sounds about right. I mean, Gritty will show us the way. We can only hope that Gritty will show us the way. Gritty is the future. Uh, the Blue Jays don't have a cool uh, mascot like Gritty, but they have something cooler than Gritty. They have um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who plays for the Blue Jays, except when he's not playing for the, uh, what's the name of the team? The Scorpion? Oh, God. Okay. No. Um, is it the, it, are, is the Jays the, the surprise Scorpions, or are they the other one? Are they surprise? The, the, yeah, that sounds about right. Or something. I you know. No, yeah, that sounds about right. You and I, people who uh, talk and write about baseball a lot, we are obviously Spanish speakers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As we should be. Which should be like table stakes for being a baseball writer in 2018, but, uh, you know, not when you're bad at it. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, but yeah, no, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was the, I guess he was the player of the week in the Arizona Fall League, uh, League week. Player of the week in the Arizona Fall League last week. Um, he is uh, too good for that exhibition rookie showcase circuit um, because he's not a minor leaguer at all. Is he? No, he's, well, I mean, he technically is, obviously, but... Uh, uh... Yeah, no, he is much too good for the minor leagues. It's uh, it's it's become it became pretty clear about six months ago, and uh, we've continued a charade uh, since then. 
It is, in fact, a charade. It is a, it is a vicious, cruel, ridiculous <laughs> charade. charade. I, I, I keep joking that, uh, that like poor Jeff uh, Paternostro is going to like just keel over dead. He seems to love all the people. Every time he has to write about it, he's like, what the fuck? Why do I have to do this? Why is this still happening? Um, but it is. Um, like, really, there's nothing, there's nothing too new to say about Vladimir Virginia. Like, Vladdy can hit. There you go. Uh, Dave Pearson can throw hard, but apparently he uh, got a little rocked today, or uh, maybe Thursday in his outing in the Arizona Fall League, mm-hmm. having a tr- hard time finding the plate, but uh, showcasing that big, big arm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, he had a rough day. I mean, I, we, we tweeted a little bit about it. You were uh, mm-hmm. insisting he was rusty, uh, tongue-in-cheek, uh, obviously. Uh, he had a great outing, apparently, in his first... Uh, his first inning in the AFL. I don't know if he's had another one. I think this was the second. And uh, uh, I say I think because obviously I'm not exactly hanging off every pitch over there. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, you know he had a he had a poor outing. I don't know. He he's not like a Connor Green guy where people are like I don't know if he'll ever be able to command the baseball enough. But uh, he certainly didn't do well today. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I I don't pay much attention to Arizona Fall League stats. I don't know anyone that does or why they would. Except that somebody made that comment. I saw some, one one like weird kind of thrown away comment about Connor Green. Somebody I mean, it was actually it was Rob Wong of the fan was like, "Oh man, Connor Green's spring numbers." No, even that was that what it was? It was maybe somebody replied to a Vlad Guerrero Jr. tweet, and I was like, "Oh, is Connor Green pitching really well?" As it turns out, he's not. He's not <laughs> pitching really well. I think he's had two outings and got one out in, in them combined with like a thousand walks. And uh, just getting shelled, which you don't want that. I, whether or not he plays, for, whether the Blue Jays traded him or not, you just see someone struggle of like have those questions asked. Like, I don't know if he'll ever be able to command the baseball. Oh, I wonder if he'll ever know where it's going. Well, that's not what you want to hear from a pitcher traded no, and true, yeah. friend of Charlie Sheen or not. <laughs> no, I suppose not. It's a, it's interesting. It's interesting that that's. Uh, I don't know. The, the Jays did pretty well in two deals with the Cardinals last year, which, uh, you know, at the time we're like, you know, it's hard to assess a trade on the day that it's made. But uh, but I don't know. It looked like maybe, you know, people definitely thought that the Jays maybe gave up a little bit too much for Randall Gritchick because of what he was. And, and, and you know, he had a down year in 2017 and Dominic Leone was really nice in the bullpen, was kind of found money. And, and it's like, oh, if Green... Turns into a starter if St. Louis does their devil magic and and uh, and makes this guy into a starter, which is still entirely possible. Uh, you know, who could throw that hard and actually like find a way to make it so he can uh, command the damn baseball? Uh, you know, that could be an ugly trade. And and then you know the Eladmus Diaz one was you know t- sort of taking a flyer on a guy uh, and giving up a guy who was a second round pick. Uh, who you know before this is before we realized that everybody apparently found out that. Uh, JB Woodman was uh, not worthy of being a second round pick because he was released by the mm-hmm. Cardinals before the end of the year. But uh, uh, I don't know. It was, I, I remember it being a bit of a narrative, or, or, or at least a thing commented on at the time. Uh, like you know, I don't, the, the Cardinals—that's a—that's a well-run organization. What do you, you know, we got to be careful trading with those guys. They're pretty smart. And uh, I don't know. In a, in a year, it seems like it maybe uh, maybe they don't seem so smart. And those trades certainly. Uh, it seemed like they uh, they worked out well for the Blue Jays. They certainly have. Uh, the Aledmus Diaz one was a 
one I think one with low expectations. Like he he happened to exceed them all. Yeah, um and yeah. played more than I think anyone would have maybe bargained. Um but he played well, uh to his internal credit. And same with Gritchick. Gritchick is obviously half was like 135 weighted runs created plus. Like he he was that's that's playing well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he walked in the second half, but but he was hitting the ball well. That's all you could ever ask. Any and he stepped in, played some third base for like the first time. Hard hard to complain about yeah. either of those deals, and and that's you know that's sort of uh, something we sort of touched on a little bit last week with the Brewers, and it, it doesn't they don't always have to be home runs. It's almost, I don't think, deals when you're looking to build a winner. And this is something that it's difficult for me to get my head around sometimes. And I think you're much better at it than I am. It's like seeing that big picture and realizing that these like sort of incremental gains. And, okay, so you're able to sort of, yeah, maybe maybe I if I use it like almost like a poker term, like equity. Like get a little bit of equity here. Then you add a little bit of equity when you trade them again. And the next thing you know, you're like, if you're always making, like having gains and, and doing things that are, that are, positively benefiting the organization, you can end yourself up in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Maybe. Like. Well, I mean, and I, I think that's very much what the Blue Jays are doing. And I think that's because they're in a phase, <coughs> excuse me, in a phase of uh, of team building where uh, it doesn't really matter, you know, what the final shape is, as long as they're building that equity, as long as they're making the, you know, the what the assets they've started with into better mm-hmm. assets. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll shape it the way they need to when the time is right. But right now they're still sort of in an asset acquisition phase. It's so weird to, you know, this is, it's how we talk about this stuff now, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but they're in that phase where that's what they're, uh, that's what they're doing. And, uh, and I don't know, seem to be doing a, a half decent job of it. And, and like I say, not really caring. And we mm-hmm. see that in the glut of position players that they currently have and, uh, making it sort of difficult on themselves in that way a little bit, but, uh, on the other side of that would be, you know, Mark Shapiro was, uh, said, you know, or maybe it was Atkins saying that, you know, having to worry about the forty man is a good thing. It's a problem we want to have. You want to have too many talented guys. I mean, talented is <laughs> is a relative term sometimes because some of those guys, mm-hmm. you know, might not be on anybody else's forty. But uh, yeah, it, it seems like that's what that's. I felt like that for a long time. That that's where their heads are at, and that's what they're kind of trying to do here. And that. Uh, we shouldn't get too attached to some of the guys that they're bringing in because it seems like it's very much for that reason, which is because it's uh, because the player is a better asset than what they gave up, and they're just going to keep trying to roll those into better and better assets, and then figure it out once they have you know as good a collection as they can uh, of genuine talent. We'll see whether it works or not. And also, it's it's also. Um you're basically rolling out your resume in terms of player development and, and showing that you are capable of a value add. Uh, you are capable of taking a player who maybe was at a low point of his value, low point of low ebb of his uh, career where he was having problems making the next adjustment or staying on the field, whatever it might be, whatever was kind of plaguing um, uh uh, a guy like Diaz or a guy like Richard, for example, then you sh- can showcase if you're the Blue Jays, like we can make these guys better and make these changes stick and make these improvements in a way that when you come calling to us being like, we could use a player like Richard, we need, he's going to help push us over as we're trying to win uh, the world series next year. And you're like, it's funny. We're the Blue Jays. So we're definitely not. But if you want to take Randall Grichik off our hands, it's going to, it's going to cost you something that, greater than it costs to to acquire him 
thanks to your ability to sprinkle, you know, take them off to the Shatkins steroid <laughs> magic island, and then off he goes. Um, wow. But, well, maybe not. That's the Cardinals' way. Perhaps, perhaps. But no, I, I think that that... I think you're right, but I don't even know that it's necessarily entirely just about resume. I, I, you know, uh, you can see that helping perhaps guys buying in, right? Like, I mean, you want. We saw what happened with Josh Donaldson this year, and and, uh, and how you know being on different pages in terms of how to proceed with, uh, you know, what whatever shit that they're trying to get a player to do, or what you know, in his case, obviously the rehab from the injury. Uh, mm-hmm. When they're when they're not in agreement, that's not great. So you you know you want. To have people coming over and buying in and believing that okay, this is a team that's going to give me an opportunity that it's going to that's that's has successes and that it's going to you know potentially uh, help me be something uh, that you know I, as we always say when we talk about what players think something that's going to make me a lot of money in my career because that's you know in a lot of ways that's what they're there for. Yeah, I definitely think that, uh, and I, I know I've said this many times before as well, but um, making making people believe in your player development process is worthwhile. Um, understanding you're not trying to sell a bill of goods, you know, to, so to speak when you're making trades or not being like that, oh, this guy looks like a stud in their system, but then, um, you know, you get him and it's not what you thought. If it's like, no, this is, these are legitimate changes. These are legitimate developments. These are legitimate improvements that this guy's made. It's good for him. It's good for us. Um, if you're the other team, and and uh, again, if you're a player, as you said, if you buy in, be like, we can help you become a better player and make more money. Uh, uh, you know, that's that's uh, the proof is in the is in the, the I don't know. The proof is there. If if you can if you can do that, if you can say like, we'll get you a nice arbor reward, we'll get you playing for a contender, we'll get you doing whatever you want to do if you buy in and let us work with you. Um, it's interesting <laughs> as that as long as you don't as long as you don't become a super two, in which case we'll hold you in the minor leagues. Well, we won't allow that to happen by uh, <laughs> screwing with you. Yeah. Um, it does remind me of uh, John Lott of the um, of the Athletic, mm. where you uh, work as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote. Uh, he published today uh, the, a very interesting story, the first in, a, in a, it says here in a three part series about how the Jays are addressing their big league deficiency and talking about getting wild with their. Um, uh, defensive sort of training and not just kind of sitting there banging balls at them all day long, like trying to find different or more interesting ways. And, and, and I guess to, to address um, specific challenges within their, the, that the sphere of fielding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, it's, if, if nothing else, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's worth a shot, right? It seems, it, it seems, to make sense, to to specialize what you're, you know, what they are addressing. Uh, mm-hmm. It reminds me of uh, one of the new, like, data visualization things that uh, is at Statcast is uh, you know the outfielders where it will show not just outs above or below average in general, mm-hmm. but will will show you the direction where you know where a, where a player is mm-hmm. is adding outs above average or losing them. And I mean that's this this is probably a too simplistic example for you know compared to what the Jays are doing, but it's like okay if you can identify like all right this guy this guy is 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 uh, is below average coming in and to his right as opposed to you know then why not work on that if everything else you know why treat everything equal 
uh, if you can identify something that uh, that needs to be uh, addressed that's that's more specific. I mean, you you have to believe in the data. You have to believe that that is that you're correct, and that's maybe where it can be uh, a bit scary, like identifying that that's that's really what the deficiency is. Uh, especially because you know some of these were talking about smaller samples, like. But I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. one assumes that they would be a little more sophisticated than just you know pulling up uh, you know the uh, baseball savant, right? So, uh, so I don't know. I if you know thinking about those uh, those uh, visualizations and 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 what the Jays are doing, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it seems like a thing that they that that is probably the way teams are going to go in the future. I would think. I mean. Isn't that isn't that the whole point? Is to try to get the is to try to to simulate the situation like a a game situation uh, when you're when you're doing drills or when you're doing whatever. And and so if there's uh, and you only have a finite amount of time that you can do that. So if you could make if you could be more efficient with it, I suppose that's uh, that's perhaps a smart way to go. But it, but yeah, like the like you say. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a bit of uncharted waters here, and, and you know it works in theory, but uh, sometimes sometimes things don't work as well in practice. And I think the Jays have seen that a little bit along the line uh, already on the in the new uh, era, the Shapiro Atkins era. You know, even admitting like, oh, high performance was uh, we shouldn't have called it that because it's really something else, and that was sort of a branding failure. Um, personalized performance yeah that's my that's my that's my pitch that's pretty good that's pretty good um there's in john's story we won't give it away obviously because it is uh part of the subscription service but he talks about um they had they're working with boba shett the jays and uh and what's the name uh brian schneider brian mm-hmm. schneider john how they john schneider how they went with it's a two-pronged approach like the technical and the tactical so, so working to to optimize or, or work within, um, trying to make a specific play. This is how we'll you, we need to position your body. This is these are the steps. Like working through that sort of rehearsing and 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 getting it down. But then the tactical is the real game situations. Like okay, let's let's treat it as though it's a you you have to react to a, this speed runner. Okay, this is a guy that you know to be this quick, this that quick, and then. Having him do things at different speeds and simulate game action, as 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 you mentioned, um, to to make for uh, you know, so it becomes a bit more second nature, and and how he's not just doing things at three quarter speed, and then and then having to go out there and and make those sorts of uh, decisions on uh, on the field, which is which is neat. It, it does remind me one thing though, uh, uh, sort of unrelated to this. We talked about track. You talked about TrackMan and uh, Statcast and. Um, there was that Scott Miller wrote a story about, on Bleacher Report about the Astros. So the Astros were accused of cheating, of like videotaping the, or, or recording the Red Sox dugout um, to steal signs and do which whichever. Uh, there's some a belief that they've been cooking the books on their own TrackMan results <laughs> to like get the to to pump up the spin rate on some of these guys so it's almost like they were the first one of the first ones who'd be like this is what well this is what we want we want high spin guys and now they're then like conning other teams into trading for those guys by being like oh this guy's got a high spin rate you want to no, don't take him from us come on please we're begging you and then they do and then they get there like why is this fastball not spinning like it was at their home field oh it's because they lied about it um, which to me is fascinating, uh, and also super scummy. 
know. But we, still fascinating. We, we know the Astros at this point, don't we? There are uh, no secrets. There are no secrets whatsoever. I do like Marwin Gonzalez. So the Astros are out now. Their season is over. Alex Bregman is a hell of a ball player. I really like Marwin Gonzalez. He's he's always going to be, or for now, he's my like go-to utility reference when we talked about like uh, like Lourdes Guriel. I want him to be like Marwin Gonzalez. And for, for good reason. Marwin Gonzalez is a really good player. Yeah. Maybe one day uh, Lourdes Guriel will be as well. Maybe he already is. He had a heck of a month at the I end think, of the season. Uh, who was it that had the Blue Jays top prospects uh, that came out today? I, I saw somebody, uh, uh, one of the BP guys wrote it. I forget. I want to. I want to credit his uh, his site properly. Mm. I'm drawing a blank on uh, Jeremy Seidler or Seidler? No, it wasn't no, him. No. It was so. It was someone like that though. Uh, but anyway, I think he was talking about. Uh, I will get it. Uh, but he was talking about. Uh, Kevin Biggio, Kevin Biggio, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to say it, uh, as a Marwin Gonzalez type potentially down the line. Uh, That'd which, be cool. Well, that would be cool, and that is that is sort of maybe a more realistic uh, expectation than some of the uh, some Jays fans seem to want to put on him. Sometimes I think. Well, he had a bunch of home runs one time, so he did. you're uh, you're good forever. <laughs> uh, let's move on real quick. Yeah, we talked about the teens a little bit. Uh, we can go on to the managerial search. Sure. Uh, which the, I don't mean, I don't know how much. Well, I do. Actually, I do. I, I wasn't sure how much we would have to say about it. Uh, Shai Davidi, who is actually in Arizona and uh, has been producing some good stuff there during the Arizona Fall League. Uh, Shai Davidi of Sportsnet. But he uh, kind of brought up to speed the, the, the outside world on the status of the Blue Jays um, uh, managerial search. And... He's got a list of five potential finalists, apparently. And MLB trade rumors, sort of MLB trade rumors did up. Um, the belief is that, uh, what's his name? It's Joe Espada of the Astros, who's now got lots of free time to do uh, interviews. Yeah, which, I, which apparently, I mean, he's having an in-person, an in-person interview with the Jays. I think that's been, mm. that's been all but confirmed. I think it has been confirmed. Uh, David Bell. Who is uh, the VP of Player Development with the Giants? Mm-hmm. Son of son cool. of Buddy Bell, and there's a there's a ton of bells that I think he's. Well, and that's that's what makes me think that he's got the he, he's no regarded as the front runner for the Reds job. Um, and if he's if he's got Bell lineage in my mind, he's already the manager of the Reds. Um, was he and then, was he in the Scott Rowland trade or something? What, no, who David were? Bell? No. Like the like the the Reds Cardinals what? or the Phillies Cardinals Scott Rowland trade? Yeah, but I I don't know if that's true. But uh, he played in he played on one of those teams. Or he played on both the Phillies and the Cardinals, I believe, at some point. Interesting. Um, but I would have to look this up while people who actually know that are listening are yelling at it at me for. Um, so there's one name that kind of came out of the blue, that Bob Elliott of the Canadian Baseball Network, who actually also writes for the Blue Jays for CBC, um, he threw down the name of Ed fucking Sprague. Come <laughs> on. Yeah. I did not realize that uh, he was the coordinator of uh, instruction for the Oakland A's. I don't know why I wouldn't know that. Um, but now he apparently came in and was in interviewed for the Jays job, which is great. That's cool. Ed Sprague, man. 
He hit that home run. What game was that in the World Series in 1992? I don't know what specific game it was. It was he had the he had a home run in Atlanta. It's you know it's probably fourth, fifth Blue Jay top five all time for the Blue Jays. Basically, yeah, he did that home run. Yeah, that was a big a big blast. That I mean, obviously that very memorable because we don't remember. No, uh, well, it was like fuck twenty seven years ago or twenty six years ago. God, I'm only human. Uh, but um, yeah, no, David but, Bell had nothing to do with the Roland trade. By the way, he did play for those two thousand one Seattle Mariners. Got five hundred and ten at bats for them. Shocking! I would not have guessed that if you if you gave me all day. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's Bragg. Yeah. Why not? Oh, I know why not. Because they're listening. That's why. One week ago, give or take, you and I stood here and I said, <laughs> I haven't heard his name. I've seen his name attached to some of the other ones. I think the Blue Jays should hire Rocco Baldelli. It seems as though they're going to do just that. Praise I mean, up. You think so? You don't th- I mean, if you're... You know how those Americans are. They're probably, he's probably going to end up in uh, Texas or Minnesota. Now, of course, Rocco, uh, saintly son of wound socket as he is, uh, is like the hot name in the last like week or two weeks. He's become attached to like every job. He's been he's heavily rumored to be in on the Reds job. Mm-hmm. I think Minnesota's hiring a manager as well. I'm sure he's a so bit his name's been attached to that one. Haven't heard as much about the Rangers because I don't fucking care. Um, but uh, it's clear to me that right now. Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are listening to this podcast. Right now, even as we recorded live, they've bugged my home and yours as well. And they were like, yeah, you know, that Rocco seems all right. Let's give him a call. That's the only thing way that could happen. They never would have come to that on their own. Well, he never. never. He never played for Cleveland. Uh, there's no connection there. So, yeah, I don't see how they could have ever figured that out without a little bit of... Uh, he only ever played for two teams. Right. He played for the Rays. He played for the Red Sox. He went to the World Series, I think, with the Red Sox. Did he not? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It's very exciting. It, to me, personally, and probably nobody else, very exciting. Uh, Rocco Baldelli's 37 years old. He's had done a variety, as we mentioned before, he's had a variety of jobs with, uh, with the Rays. He's been their um, first base coach, and he's a, currently a tech, his title is field coordinator, whatever that means. Yeah, I Maybe think he's, means... it sounds like he's responsible for defensive drills and, and uh, defensive coaching. But isn't well, there you know, you go. but I don't think it's part of the coaching staff because you can only have so many uh, mm-hmm. so many on the bench during the game, but I think it's working with them uh, otherwise. He's, so, so he's, he's a, a guy that yeah. he speaks analytic to player. He translates it's a, from the front office important. nerds. It is important. Um but yeah, I don't know. Obviously I'm all in uh, John McDonald's the name. I don't know if we have even talked about this. No, we didn't. Johnny Mac is obviously a very sentimental choice. Um, somehow more sentimental than Ed Sprague, who hit one of the five biggest home runs in Blue Jays history. Um, but what would what would be what would be the five biggest home runs in Blue Jays history? And let's I'm gonna put you on the spot. So number one. Oh sure, it's it's. Uh, I mean, people like to get pedantic and say it's to the Alomar one and off accuracy. Sure, you could say that it's Alomar and Carter and the bat flip and Ed Sprague and uh, Edwin in the uh, <laughs> in the wild card game with uh, Zach Britton in the uh, in the bullpen still. Yeah, that's probably it. I mean, Carter is obviously number one. If you say if you say that Alomar is bigger, that you're just trying to be a contrarian. Yeah, I um, which is you why can't possibly why clearly. If Dustin Parks were here, clearly he would he would be <laughs> slamming his <laughs> fist on the table, saying that uh, that the Ed Sprague one is actually number one. <laughs> Alomar is uh, two. Carter is three. 
Um, I would also, I'm trying to think, maybe some of that are overlooked. Um, uh, Jose Bautista, I offer Ryan Adams, or sorry, Ryan Madsen. Um, Jose Bautista wouldn't get hits off Ryan off uh, <laughs> Ryan Adams. That's Phoebe Bridges' job. <laughs> Boom! Well done. Uh, I don't think Blake or Jake are going to hear that, though, but let me tell you, that's a good line. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, if, that, if the outcome of that game goes the way that it should have then that's mm-hmm. then yeah we, we have we have to have a whole new list basically yeah but you can't you can't the jose can only hit the meatball that ryan madsen throws his I way mean, he can't control what happens after that he can't control the fact that he that the whole royals training staff knows or coaching staff knows that he will always throw it to for, to second base on a ball hit to the corner when there's a runner on first and then send the runner home to score because they know that Jose is going to run throw a second. He can't control that. Um, any others? Tulitsky hit a home run in the Rangers series in 2016. I think that was pretty cool. I know that series was a joke. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we probably have to look back to you know the glory years. <laughs> probably add a few more in from then before we start. Uh, picking and choosing which ones from 2015, 2016 really matter that much. I think I think Molitor hit a, did Molitor, maybe I'm out to lunch. I think Molitor hit a home run in the in the 15, 14 game against the Phillies. That seems significant in my mind. I I haven't looked. I don't really want to because that doesn't make for compelling radio. No, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have to say that being like uh, I think Troy Chilwitzki hit a home run like that. <laughs> Yeah. Not the most. Well, also, I mean, at least at Paul least did win the World Series MVP. <laughs> it was pretty good, as I recall. But this is the thing: mm. there's also people who you know have watched those fucking World Series videos until the the tape wore out. Who are mm-hmm. who can tell you like literally every base runner of every game and every incident of every game, and and you know, uh, I cannot. Um. No, I don't want to say here's how much the base, the game has changed, but here's how much the game has changed. The Blue Jays won that game. They won game five, game four of the 1993 World Series. They won 15 to 14. They scored 15 runs. They had zero home runs. That's crazy. They hit zero home runs. They sent <laughs> they had they sent like fifty people to the plate. There were only six strikeouts in in the like the Jays only struck out six times, while the Phillies struck out seven times, facing fifty batters. Um, <laughs> that's fucked up. That that's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. I was the, the game still took four hours and fourteen minutes. In today's game, if it was fifteen fourteen, it would have taken a lifetime. Oh my god. Yeah. They'd still be playing it, but no, I, I noticed because like, they're uh, it's coming to an end. The wonderful uh, uh, Blue Jays ninety three in real time uh, Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, so it it tweeted out a, a Dave Perkins story from Dave Stewart in the ALCS uh, in ninety three, just talking mm-hmm. like like just a just a real fucking fable of <laughs> of like of like <laughs> grit and determination and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuck, I forget who the uh, I forget who the, the White Sox manager was at the time. 
Uh, Jeff Torberg? I don't remember. But anyway, he... That uh, sounds about right. Uh, or Lefebvre, Jim Lefebvre? Could be, yeah. Uh, anyway, whoever it was, the man, <laughs> at one point in the in the story, the manager, you know, played the... Made the right move by by the numbers, but it didn't work out. So clearly, mm-hmm. he's he's trash. Is basically what happened in that <laughs> one. Uh, and, and it was just talking about like this incredible outing uh, that Dave Stewart had, just like just willing his team to win, just like dragging them uh, to victory through his incredible mm-hmm. performance. And I went and I'm like, all right, I got to look up you know the line on this. And it was and he it was four it was only four hits over seven and a third innings. But it, but it was also four walks and three strikeouts. Well, it was <laughs> I'm like, I, I mean, it's a, that's a fine outing. Uh, I forgot uh, how he runs, but but it's it's just, I mean, relying on changed. relying on your defense a lot there if you're. Uh... Um, that that Jason ninety three thing also shared uh, George Bell destroying Marty York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> telling him to go cover curling or something. <laughs> Um, for reference, so they were talking about on the broadcast tonight, game five of the World Series last year, uh, which the whoever was, um, Ron Darling was like one of the best World Series games of all time. The Astros won 13 to 12 oh, yeah. in 10 innings. Um, the game took five hours and 17 minutes to play. <laughs> I remember because I was playing poker at Woodbine and I was like, I'm going to go home when this game is over. And it was like, I never left. I, I had to sleep there. I had a pillow. I had pajamas. Um, this game that was that was 13-12 uh, featured, uh, let me just count them up here, uh, seven home runs. <laughs> uh, five home runs for the Astros and two for the Dodgers. And it also finished, uh, featured 18 strikeouts. So yeah, game's a little different. 18 strikeouts, seven home runs, uh, and five hours. Poor Brandon Morrow didn't get anybody out, but he did give up four runs that that night. That was the only time he was bad. He pitched every game in the World Series last year. Yeah, I recall. Brandon yeah. Morrow. Yeah. Uh, Not was. so much this year. But yeah, yeah, the games, the games are a little long sometimes. I, I don't know if you've noticed that also. Yeah, so we can move on from the managerial search because there's not much, too much to add other than I hope they hire Rocco Baldelli. Um, Rocco, 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 Rocco. That's what my notes say. Uh, some other guys. Espada <laughs> is a big one. David Bell feels redsy. Rocco, Rocco, Rocco. That's what, um, Espada, I mean, I mean, a lot of the same things. You could, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of reason to like the idea of Espada as well. Uh, I mean, the Astros are obviously scumbags, but uh, as I was saying last week about Baldelli, like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not the only reason you would hire somebody, but to have someone with insight as to how you know, one of your competitor organizations runs from the, you know, from a front office perspective and, uh, uh, you know, could just bring things that, that, you know, you would hope, uh, you know, would know things that, are, that have been successful there that, that, that maybe you're not doing yet or haven't thought of yet. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, I could see that being uh, something that especially these guys, as much as they like their, their Cleveland buddies, you know, they've, they've clearly done with Gil Kim from Texas and the Red Sox mm-hmm. guys that they've brought in. Uh, <laughs> I could, I could see that being a, uh, something as well, and, and I think Espada hit te- you know checks the same boxes as as Baldelli does in that sense. I don't know if I feel quite the same about uh, uh, David Bell or what's there. Uh, Sam Fold apparently interviewed and was one of Shy's ones, and then Jerry Krasnick reported that he was uh, no longer in the running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Shy reported that the Jays really liked him, that he had that he made he, quite an impression upon. And him. then he declined, or something like that. What? And there was yeah, yeah. Th- there was a fifth name. I forget who that was. He's a really uh, I 
who was it? Somebody on the Jays had a might have been Brandon Morrow had a who we were just speaking of had like a surgery on a tendon sheath sort of thing in his in his thumb. I know Brandon Morrow has something very similar to that. And Sam Fold had had it, and he the Rays were in town when they announced it. So they so so Sam Fold held like a little presser and stuff. He was really uh, seemed very much like a very smart guy who was just insightful for a ball player, which is. I don't mean to say like a dickish thing like that, but he 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 stood out to me no, standing so. there, not knowing shit from shit. And I was like, this guy seems like he's not an idiot. That's me. I'm the idiot. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. And you know, you don't have to look any further than again the game that the game that was on tonight, where last year the Astros won the World Series um, by virtue of saying, oh, all our bull, all our relievers are shitty. Fuck it, our starters are relievers now, and they use Brad Peacock for innings and innings, and they use. Um, they use Charlie Morton in the, to close out the, the deciding game of the World Series. And Alex Cora did the exact same thing today. Um, and he's done it all playoffs long. He, he was using Chris Sale in the eighth inning. He used Rick Porcello twice in the eighth inning. He used Nathan Ivaldi in the eighth inning uh, today as well in, in, this, in this world, in this ALCS clinching game. You know, he could have used anybody. He could have used Joe Kelly. He could have used, what's his name, Brasher or Brashier or. Uh, but he didn't. He used the guy who, who throws 101 fucking miles an hour and also came out throwing curveballs at everybody as they're all geared up to swing at 100. I, I, somebody, I don't know where I saw it. Somebody was, was noting that about the, the profanity, using, using curse words on the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, somebody made some snide comment about, why do you curse so much? Do you not? Is it because you don't have anything else to say? Yeah, I love and that. I was like, no, I don't think that's why it is. I don't think so at all. This is how people talk all the time. Lots of people talk this way. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, let, so yeah, let's, I, let's let let's let them question us and not the, us question them why they feel the need to try to police what we're saying. So. Fair enough. So, I, fair enough. Know, well, sometimes, I but anyway, much, but I don't give a fuck. Is the thing. There you go. Um, so yeah, it is interesting to see to see those kind of. The people who have who've learned that under the tutelage of uh, of scumbags or other progressive <laughs> progressive managers who have managed obviously successful team that that fits um, well that to uh, the other name which I just looked up which is Brandon Hyde who is the Cubs bench coach. I uh, no, no, that's too close, too too much Madden. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, I like I like that Rocco's got that, but. But not too, not too close. It's, the stink some, is off of Rocco. <laughs> he's got player development uh, background of some kind as well. Uh, I would like to he's say that Madden though, stink. He smells uh, like Malbec. <laughs> uh, like uh, there was a thing. Like I was just looking at MLB trade rumors, and there was a thing. This is a few days ago now, but Stubby Clapp saying, "Oh, it's all rumors. I haven't even heard from the Jays," which is something you mm-hmm. know, we talked about last week. And I was like, "Yeah, I remember when they didn't, <laughs> they didn't stand in his way when he left the organization? Like maybe that should tell you that that." They're not super keen on making, you know, giving him their their top job in terms of like a, a field guy. Um, and, and it seems it's it's funny to me. I, I was going to write this uh, about this earlier this week, and then it kind of got uh, it, it became moot as the list of managerial candidates has been shortened. But uh, you know, we mentioned John McDonald. John McDonald. I guess Ed Sprague is out there. Uh, there are like the, 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 you know, Chris Woodward was another guy that was mentioned. And there are, you know, the sentimental candidates, the, the Sandy Alomar, mm-hmm. of course, Roberto Alomar's uh, brother, and then also a Cleveland guy. 
And it seems like they haven't gone that way, which is kind of like, I think, very good. <laughs> I think very... Uh, uh, and, and in retrospect, it's like, you know, those names were getting so much play because of this idea that, oh, maybe they'll want to appease this, like, super specific sort of fan that actually has been there all along and they don't really have to worry about, you know, like who, like who does, which fans, like if you're hiring John McDonald in part because he's John McDonald, like you're not really moving the needle with, with like the, the greater population of Blue Jays fans. I mean, I, you know, at least not the casual ones. I mean, the ones in the corner of the internet that we are in and that, that mm. listen to podcasts and talk for hours about the Blue Jays every week on the internet. Uh, you know, yeah, that, that has some traction, but I mean, Chris Woodward and like, uh, yeah, and, you know, stubby clap, like God love him. But, uh, I, I don't know. It just seems like as the list got shortened, it's like, right, that's right. They're, uh, they're not just goofing around and, and the idea of, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, get it like going for these guys that, you know, with a, with a specific kind of optics that would appease, you know, the people who remember fucking 2004 uh, just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. No, it's true. you have to do right. But like there's, oh, there's only winning at the end of the day. There's only, there's winning and there's, and there's, and there's making sure that you don't, uh, if you don't score own goals by employing scumbags when you can avoid it, but there's only winning. And whoever the manager comes, ends up being, if they lead the team to the World Series, then they get to be the hero forever. They get to be Cito, who was not a great manager uh, in the terms of X's and O's and did some puzzling shit, but he had a really good team and he corralled them and they won. Um, so I'll, we I'll, think of Cito in a certain way. Also, you know, uh, because I remember the arguments for years because I'm not a Cito tactical fan either, but there were, you know, the stuff about picking up a, a pitcher's tells and, and you mm, know, absolutely, was, he, absolutely. He, he had, he, he had qualities that maybe didn't necessarily always show up in the X's and O's. Cause yes, the X's and O's got real fucking puzzling a lot, but, uh, but you know, I think he, he deserves credit for some of that stuff too. Oh, for sure. If for sure. He was a great hitting him. coach. I, I think at the, at, at the end of the day, that was, that's who he was. That's how I first, you know, yeah, knew him. Well, he, was a, he was a hitting coach in the 85 chase. Um, but, uh, but yeah, once you win, it just it, it goes. There's nothing else. You can do whatever you want forever, and you're good to go. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's about it. You could come back and ruin Travis Snyder. And, and feel nothing about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We could talk a little bit about the World Series. Uh, the, Reds, the, the World Series bound the Red Sox. and the, mm. We talked about Milwaukee last year. I mean, I think... The Red Sox, we've 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 looked at their kind of team building t- strategies quite a few times over the years. Uh, in terms of, they've just cashed in. They have so many homegrown talent, and then they took other prospect capital and turned it into great players. And they also turned it, you know, took turned money into great players. Where the Astros are are very much like a homegrown success story um lots of homegrown players they've drafted really high for a long time they um but they they did draft well by and large as well um the opportunity to draft alex bregman and the opportunity but you know picking aura or sorry picking correa instead of whoever else mark appell i think would have been the guy that year but yeah, that was, uh, the that Do- was a surprising move yeah i remember that the dodgers are an interesting lot 
because they have more money than anybody. They have the high, they had the highest payroll, and but but Clayton Kershaw is obviously a you know homegrown player, and but like Rich Hill and and Kenley Jansen and you know Justin Turner was sort of like a ref. Uh, he's basically there, Jose Bautista. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird team. The thing, the thing I don't get about the Dodgers, like they're obviously so good, and they they run, they abuse that money and abuse the twenty five man roster in a way that is off putting to you know some in the inside baseball sort of world. But like their bullpen is the, is so anonymous to me. Someone who's in this every day, I'm like, who <laughs> are these fucking guys? And I don't know if they're any good or not. And it doesn't seem like Dave Roberts knows any, either. He's <laughs> like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. Um, but uh, I don't know. The, the Dodgers are an interesting interesting team. The, whoever comes out, the Dodgers are ahead at the time of recording, ahead of the Brewers, who obviously we love and they're our sentimental favorite. But whoever it is is going to get just fucking destroyed by uh, the Red Sox. Is my very, very um, hot. Now, it's a mild take that the Red Sox are going to... The team won 108 games and then dismissed the Astros in five. Uh, it's probably going to be a favorite come World Series time. Call me yeah, crazy. I think that's fair. But I don't know. Is there anything... To, like what? Like, There's not really... If you're the Blue Jays what, or a Blue Jays fan, what can you look to the Dodgers and be like, the Jays can do that. Spend $210 million on a team <laughs> every year. Sign Puig. You know, play, pay top dollar for Puig. But they've got a lot of. They just keep they keep bringing guys in though as well, like the young the you know, Cody Bellingers and yeah. Muncie uh, showing up and being a guy. And, yeah. Muncie showing up and being a guy, absolutely. Like it's a it's a it's a weird team. And Matt Kemp getting something out of for nothing that's, from Matt Kemp. That's and, insane to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor is maybe like he's the absolute like kind of player development champion, the kind of guy that every team, especially. Every team, especially one that doesn't have an infinite payroll, that's what you you're looking for, right? The just it was Justin Turner before. Now it's now it's this guy. Um, you know, they're in a position where they can afford to be patient with with prospecty type players as well. I think because they've got so much money, they don't need to they don't need to give up on Jock Peterson. They don't need to give up on Puig when he's having when he was his, his sort of off field stuff was a, was an issue for the people around the team i think but uh Puig's a really good player and and they just they just keep bringing guys in i don't know that they, they're like they're the bad guys in, in a lot of ways the dodgers there's no model nothing to be taken from them i'm just like grasping for straws and fuck the dodgers <laughs> just buying their way out of trouble just throwing good money up bringing ryu over from uh from korea bringing kenta maedo dude over from japan just throwing money at, at every problem that you could possibly have. Yeah, and, what, a, uh, what a curse that must be to be a fan of a team that would do that. It's not real. <laughs> it's not real. I don't know. I'm, saying, I'm not saying that not, it's not a bad, good to be a fan of them. It's bad to be a, a rival of them. And it's not instructive for us as Blue Jays fans to like look to it other than to say, maybe you could finagle a Justin Turner trade away from the Mets. Maybe you can rinse off the netsiness and uh, get a guy like Chris Taylor who's just like, oh, I mean, in a lot of ways, Justin Smoke could be the Jays' Chris Taylor. He sure. was like, oh, just hit home runs. Right, I can do that. And then he did. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure on a, a more micro level, there are things one can learn from the Dodgers. But yeah, not uh, not real easy to see. It's true. 
but they do. I mean, they've done, especially with uh, with Anthopolis. Um, you can always tell. I mean, with Anthopolis, you can always see that like, oh, he's bringing in his guys, right? Like Brandon Morrow, boom, in there, and then and then Anthopolis is so good that way. Come for his boys. Love yeah, I, when the Cleveland guys do it, that's a it's a horrible garbage move. But uh, we all love. Well, but Brent, but but Al Anthopolis, they were his boys because he wanted them before before they were Blue Jays. Right, and then he goes, yeah. he climbs over heaven and earth to get them, and then they, they go on their way, and then he brings them around. It's that's a different kind of cronyism. Don't be <laughs> cynical. <laughs> All right, that's it. That is it for this edition of Birds All Day. I hope you enjoyed the American League Championship Series, the real World Series. Um, I hope you are looking forward to the World Series. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're looking forward to the World Series being over because then it's the most exciting part of any Blue Jay season, transaction. Uh, there's obviously lots of 40-man finagling and all kinds of uh, other stuff to come. Uh, they don't have a team yet for next year. They have lots of holes to fill. So we'll have to see. But uh, it's all coming to a head. I, I tried to enjoy... I mean, I, I, this is what I wanted. I was rooting for an Astros-Red Sox ALCS, and it was a bloody beating. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah. the World Series will be exciting. Stupid Red Sox. God, they're good. All right, uh, Stoughton, you got, anything, you got anything to plug? No. No? No, I'll, you'll, see, you'll see me write something at The Athletic sooner or later. <laughs> I almost did a manager thing this week, like I said. Uh, but no, uh I don't know. People know where to find me. They sure do. All right. Well, uh, well, yeah. And then people know where to find us. They can find us at uh, patreon.com slash birds all day to uh, support the show. Keep us going. Keep us living in the style to which we have grown accustomed. Keeps us doing the show. It is currently one Oh three in the AM. Uh, and here we are doing the show. Cause that's what we do. And uh, we're happy to do it. And we're happy and thankful for everyone who has uh, contributed over 187 episodes is what is what the counter says. So that's always that's been great, and th- again, thank you to everyone who's who's done so. Um, and if you feel as though you want to do that and join up, one buck, two bucks, five bucks, ten bucks a month, whatever it might be, uh, please do check it out. We're uh, we've got some some indi- some goals and things that are in there. And if you can also subscribe and, and rate the the podcast at, uh, at iTunes, you can listen to it on Snapchat. A couple of comments keep trickling their way, and there's a few diehards that uh, comment on SoundCloud, which is always fun. I try to keep my eye on that every so often. Mostly when I'm trying to figure out what episode number it is, I go in. I'm like, oh, look, there's comments <laughs> on the episode. So, uh, yeah, soundcloud.com slash birds all day. Facebook.com slash birds all day. People still use Facebook sometimes. Um, God only knows what the algorithm's going to spit out today, um, but we'll see. And, of course, you can follow Stoughton at Andrew Stoughton on Twitter. You can read him at The Athletic. Um, I don't know if there's a promo code going right now. Pay full pop, I dare you. <laughs> and uh You'll probably find a code somewhere somebody's floating a code out there okay. and that's it that's about it you know again the season the, the postseason's winding down so we'll get into off-season mode we got a couple fun things in the uh in the works so look out for that and uh look out for the show birds all day next week um until that time my name is drew his name is andrew we'll talk to you next week <laughs>